Discover Seagrest Inc. with your host, Shelby Stensrud, and guest speaker, James Collins. All right, welcome, folks. We are actually on our first launch episode of Seagrest Inc. podcast. I'm here with Mr. James Collins. He is the lab manager for Seagrest Inc. Uh, you may have seen him on some of the other podcasts. Uh, we are very happy to have you on here. Uh, so welcome, James. Great to be here. How's it going? Good, good. Uh, so to give you a little bit of a um, idea on uh, what James does for us and who he is for us, uh, his job is to take care of all of the animals we have in our care at Seagrest Inc. Uh, work with a lot of veterinarians and a lot of different people to make sure that their, you know, their entire well-being uh, is exactly what it needs to be for the standards for the industry. That, yes, I do. That, uh, that's a pretty, pretty hefty task there. <laughs> that's in it in a nutshell. There's a lot more that you do here, James. <laughs> that's the short version, huh? Sure. <laughs> and you've been with here uh, over 20, haven't you? 27, going on 27 years. Just a few. <laughs> yes. Well, I wanted to launch this uh, this month's episode. This is our Animal Pet Safety mm -hmm. Month, and with Halloween and all the things going on, uh, this really is, you know, all about being prepared for your animals, how to make sure during transport uh, that you're doing the best thing possible. And we were going to highly focus on aquatics because that's kind of what we do here. <laughs> um, so I have some questions for James and then, you know, then we'll talk about some of the retail portions of it as well. All right. So we're going to start with inclement weather. Now, uh, I'm from the north. So up north, that means blizzards. And down here, that means hurricanes. Uh, so, James, as far as, you know, preparing for drastic temperature shifts, what do you recommend people can do, whether it's extreme hot or extreme cold? Uh, if you if you have the ability to uh, have a generator, that's always going to be helpful for uh, issues of not having power, obviously. Uh, they even make some small uh, solar, solar uh, panel arrays that you can uh, use, little portable guys, that will... Uh, be plenty to to run an air pump and an aquarium heater. I didn't know there's solar on. That's great for the uh, lower states here. Uh, now, as far as running just on oxygen, you know, and uh, if you have access to fresh, clean water, you can still do small water changes, and that will help a little bit, won't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just uh, make sure you know uh, the water is going to pretty much uh, tend to shift to ambient temperatures. So if, if you've got your AC running inside, then, you know, you might want to keep it inside. Uh, but if it's going to be really hot, then you might want to uh, try, try to keep the, the water in the same areas where you're going to do the water changes. Yeah, that's great, great advice. Uh, are there any kind of additives? Can you, you know, can you double up on ammonia removers or conditioners? Are there things you'd recommend to kind of help those guys along in a stressful situation? Uh, honestly, no, uh, not really. Uh, the, the one thing that, uh, you know, with a lot of medications, uh, people think that uh, a little more is going to be a little more helpful. Uh, and actually with many aquarium medications, it's actually exactly the opposite. Uh, if anything, maybe dose a little less. I don't even suggest that. Uh, most, most chemicals out there are, are designed uh, with a treatment dosage in mind and staying with that dosage is the best option. So I'm assuming, you know, water testing, it would be an essential part, you know, if you have the access to a liquid test kit grader, even the litmus strips as you're uh, kind of incurred, you know, during the inclement weather to make sure things are on par. Correct, yeah, absolutely. Definitely, and add salt, right? Salt. <laughs> Always the salt. Um, 
So in the event that you're um, up north, we had a cha uh, challenge with freezing temperatures. So, you know, when the power cut out, our house would get down to, you know, 50 degrees, which can be definitely dangerous to those animals. Uh, do you have any suggestions for the colder temperatures? Uh, well, what people can do? If you've got power, you can obviously warm your water in a microwave or warm your water on the stove or something like that and do really, really small water changes. Uh, to, to just, I wouldn't try to raise the temperature of your tank necessarily. I would try to keep it at, at an even keel. Sure. Sure. I know we, um, you know, I used to wrap my, my 180 gallon in blankets just to try and keep it warm enough until I could get it to a, my, my parents' house that had uh, power. Yeah. Uh, and, Moving fish and times of no power are probably the two most stressful things that can happen in a in a home aquarium. You know, sure. uh, what trans tra anytime you, you're talking transport or lack of power, that that's probably your 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 biggest obstacle uh, for things like that. Definitely. Uh, so, in this, you know, in the event that you don't have power, you're running some you know extra O2 on there. You know, what are some other things you can help to kind of de-stress those animals? Um, as far as you know just adding oxygen kind of uh, you, you, you could reduce the feeding uh, you could keep it dark uh, you know there there uh, some of the simple tricks just to reduce stress that, that, that you would use normally uh, you can also do that uh, for that so you know if you're feeding less the fish are going to be wasting less so you you shouldn't have to change your water as often you know things like that there you go Consider upgrading to a bigger tank, right? <laughs> oh, always more tanks. Not <laughs> a bigger right. tank, more tanks. More tanks. Yes, that's a great idea. Uh, if you have additional tanks and they're established, you know you can actually separate those guys out to kind of, like you said, reduce the bio load. Uh, as long as things are good to go and established in those uh, additional aquariums that we all have hanging around, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, that can be done. Um, transporting fish now. Uh, Many, many times have I moved fish and moved tanks. What are some of your um, tips of the trade of, you know, when you do have to move fish a couple hours away? Uh, definitely when you're talking home aquariums, when you're moving fish, uh, have a bat battery operated pump so you can supplement their aeration. Uh, that That's ideal. Uh, also, I mean, it, if you're really high end, you could get a power inverter for your car. Then you there you just, go. Then you could just plug your stuff right in like, like, uh, like it would be on a semi-trailer. So, uh, but uh, really, yeah, uh, good aeration. Uh, try to keep them from moving around too much. Nice and stable area. Uh, dark again, uh, uh, you know, the, the light does stress fish quite a bit. And, and any, anytime you can reduce a stressor, that's always going to make the fish uh, health better. So I think we kind of covered, you know, some really great things for the hobbyists out there. I'm sure there's some curiosities, you know, you know, we have hurricanes come down here and threaten us. We do have some colder weather temperatures that, you know, come here in Florida. Uh, what are some of the things you can share with our hobby audience that, you know, we do as precautions just to kind of ensure the fish are safe here? Oh, uh, we, we have uh, heaters on our incoming water. Uh, and uh, also we, we go around and make sure all the doors stay closed. Uh, simple things, re really things that, uh, that, that you would probably be doing in your house anyway to try to stay warm or try to stay cool. So sure. e either direction. Sure. And the same here. Uh, I know the farmers, you know, they have to prepare for you know, taking on five feet of water. Um, that's really for fish and wildlife. Uh, and also, you know, during the, the cold season, we actually tent those ponds where they've got kind of a greenhouse effect. Yep, sure do. They, they absolutely do. Uh, those, and and that, that's fairly expensive, about $1,000 a pond. Yeah, yep, definitely. 
So if you're looking to start a pond, come on down here in Florida. We'll uh, we'll talk you through the whole process. <laughs> a labor of love, definitely. Um, now, as far as vacationing, you know, and I've worked retail, and you certainly have plenty of experience. You know, you can't take your fish with you very easily. What are some tips you have for leaving your fish in the care of someone else? <sighs> Detailed instructions, and 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 pretty much, you just have to emphasize that they don't that, that they don't stray from from the instructions. Uh, you know, it's, I'm not big on the vacation feeders. Uh, some people like them, some people don't. Uh, I, I'm not going to say they're bad, uh, but uh, they can foul the water faster than than you would normally see. Uh, and uh, but yeah, somebody you really trust and somebody that's going to follow instructions. Definitely, and usually we find it's you know it's a because they love them, they overfed them, or they wanted to give them some extra. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there, there's that old extra, a little extra is better. So, they look hungry. <laughs> gotta watch out for that. Exactly. Um, you know, as far as introducing, you know, this is really kind of more, more of a hobby one. You know, when you're introducing new fish to your existing aquariums, you know, I've got some tips. I'm curious kind of what you have thoughts on, uh, you know, how to help kind of bring that new fish into your existing community. Uh, first and foremost, you want to uh, pick an appropriate and compatible species to be adding to a, to an established tank. Uh, keep your keep your water current water quality parameters in mind. You know, do you have soft water? Do you have hard water? Uh, what's the pH you're keeping? What's the temp you're keeping? All fish aren't the same, so uh, you definitely want to make sure not only are they compatible species, but uh, they're that they, they come from compatible biomes. Uh, even though. You know, a lot of fish are are either tank raised or uh, coming from the wild, but have been separated from the wild for a long time. You, you really do want to try to mimic what they would be in naturally. Uh, it, it's just better for the animal. Uh, and you know, talk to your LFS. You know, they they should definitely be able to guide you in the right direction. Definitely, and with many many species to choose from, those are all great tips for. Right. Introducing new guys. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, secondly, I'd say uh, ensure you have adequate filtration and space to be adding more fish, uh, and uh, that your water quality is optimal uh, for all fish to be healthy and happy. If you're already pushing your water quality limits, well, then you don't need to be adding any more fish. You you probably need more filtration or more tanks. Get another cream. <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, Solve uh, absolutely yeah uh qt for new animals is sure. absolutely uh quarantine I, I swear by it at least 14 to 21 days for most diseases uh after that you, you're pretty solid if you don't have problems uh once again more tanks uh provide plenty of cover and hiding spaces uh rocks plants decorations stuff like that uh Feed the existing fishes just before you're going to introduce your new fish. Uh, that that uh, tends to reduce aggression uh, quite a bit, honestly. Uh, dim your aquarium uh, and the ambient lights in the room around it. Uh, that's also going to reduce your stress levels. Uh, and, and you can sneak your fish, your new fish in there a little easier. Uh, and then uh, lastly, I'd say adding more than one fish at a time almost always reduces, reduces the aggression from the other uh, uh, fish that are already there. I definitely agree with that, especially when you get to some of the cichlids and things like that, that really helps spread out the aggression. Right, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can always you can al also do the uh, 
the rearranging method. Uh, sometimes that helps. Uh, I, I've tried it before. Sometimes I've had luck. Sometimes not. So uh, that 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 would be down on the list. I agree. Those are all perfect, perfect things you can offer. Um, you know, you kind of covered, you know, as far as you know, safety of your animals and setting up habitats. You know how important it is to really kind of look at, you know what they would encounter in the wild and you know and kind of emulate that yeah yeah for ha habitat setup uh number one i uh, and this is something that uh our our lab uh really focuses on and it's the uh five freedoms of animal welfare uh it was developed for for f uh, food animals but uh it, it goes for all animals uh companion animals uh food animals uh even even wild animals uh you know, uh, it starts, uh, number one is uh, uh, freedom from hunger or thirst. Number two would be freedom from discomfort. Number three is freedom from pain, injury, and disease. Uh, number four is freedom to express normal and natural behavior. And number five would be freedom uh, from fear and distress. So we kind of covered all those in, in what we were talking about uh, before. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely primary things to focus on uh, and then uh, number two I would say choose the animals you'd like to keep before you start designing your tank find out what you want uh, because that's going to help you dictate what kind of tank you need what size tank you need what kind of filtration you need what kind of decorations you need so on and so forth uh, you know discus are going to like the same thing as rosy red minnows so uh, then uh, educate yourself as to the specific needs of those animals that you did choose that you want to keep uh, and then uh, and then design your aquarium first uh, be before before you buy it design it you know figure out how much space you need figure out what type of water uh, where the water parameters are going to sit you know uh, as mentioned before uh, soft hard water uh, what temper temperature you're going to keep it at what pH are you planning to keep uh, environmental factors like uh you know do you want to put some wood in there uh, uh what what type of substrate you're going to use uh filtration what kind what can you afford i always filtration i i look at filtration as like going and buying a bed uh spend the most you can and then you'll have the least problems. Uh, and I don't mean spend the most you can, like buy the most expensive one, but buy the largest that that you can afford. Much uh, agreed. What was that? I very much agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, figure out what kind of lighting you need beforehand. Uh, and I, I think I mentioned uh, the substrate uh, for for uh, uh, like skates and rays and stuff like that. You you may. You don't. You definitely don't want gravel in the bottom of your tank. Right. Uh, that that can. Uh, you probably don't want uh, any any you know uh, rocks or, or anything sharp because uh, the, those fish are going to be on the bottom and they can they can scrape, scrape, scratch themselves and then you know get a secondary bacterial infection. Uh, and uh, but uh, so when you're talking, you know, re really just educate yourself on on what the fish are going to want. That's great advice. You know, I have a 90 gallon plant to take it home, but it has, you know, nice big gravel in there because I've kept it pretty simple and I have my eye on those spoon-faced lower carry out there. And this, that's just not going to work. <laughs> I need to make sure I've got a different tank set up with some sand in there because I know that gravels really can be harmful onto their, their sensitive uh, underside. 
Absolutely. Yes, that, that's a that's a prime example right there. So definitely work with your local fish store. They'll be able to, a lot of people kind of plan their, their tanks out. Yes, a lot of us impulse buy too. Make sure you impulse buy, like James said, you know, fits to the aquarium that you already have or consider setting up a second one uh, for those species. Uh, but your live fish store can definitely help kind of plan out, you're looking for top, mid, bottom swimmers, you know, what other species are going to fit in with those as well. Uh, and so the next time you come into your pet store, you know kind of what you're looking for. Yeah, I'd agree 100%, definitely. Yep. Well, those are my kind of a quick tips, James. I really appreciate you kind of coming on here and launching our, our first Secrets Inc. podcast and our little Animal Safety Month theme we've got going on for October. So, Excellent. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, I'll be happy to uh, come back anytime. Just give me Excellent. a holler. <laughs> I'm sure. We'll bring it on again. All right. Thank you. Right. Take care, Take Shelby. Care. Yep.